Trigger warning. The following episode contains references to Racism Death Factual inaccuracies Several entitled people making light of all these things. If any of the aforementioned topics cause you discomfort, you may want to listen to a different episode. Pro tip for the self-driving car future, go everywhere with a baby stroller. I'm Sean. Siri, what should I paint this room? Shuckles brick, huh? Okay. I'm Adam. See if computers think you're so smart since you can beat us at chess. Well, now intelligent means these sick dunks. I'm Andy. Turns out computers really do believe that the only way to win is not to play. I'm Kelly, and this is Acid Pop. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Acid Pop. Today, we're going to be talking about artificial intelligence. Just like mine. (laughs) Were you the robot all along? No, I pretend to be intelligent. It's artificial. (laughs) It's fabricated intelligence. So getting into etymology, it's all Latin today. Yeah, usually is. (laughs) Artificial comes from artifacts, which means craftsman, artist, or master of an art. Hmm. Oh, interesting. So, uh, manufactured intelligence. Mm-hmm. Huh. So, arte is ours for art, and fex means maker. Art maker. Mm. <laughs> I am the art maker. Oh, the carnifex makes more sense now. Yes, yes, carnifex. And then intelligence goes back to intelligere, or maybe intelligere. I'm not sure. Intelligre. There we go. <laughs> Which means to understand, comprehend, or come to know. Huh? A manufactured coming to know. (laughs) Coming to know you. (laughs) Coming to know all about you. I mean, the AIR. This one breaks down a little weird. Um, Inter is between. Mm. And Ligera is choose, pick out, or read. Between the chooses. (laughs) You got to read between the chooses. (laughs) So for a fear, we have uh, technophobia, which I think we've hit on before. Sure. Fear of <laughs> fear of podcasts. Somewhere out there, someone's screaming. <laughs> Why did I download this? <laughs> I love them so much. <laughs> this could have been easily avoidable. <laughs> we appreciate your suffering, though. <laughs> we need to add that to the uh, warnings at the beginning. Technology. Yeah. <laughs> so um, just to touch a little bit, not so much on science and history, but just so we're on the same page of what we're talking about. Turn to page five. (laughs) I want to go into the ogre's cave. The term AI was coined in 1956, and it was defined at the time as the science and engineering of intelligent machines. Mm -hmm. Like an Ibo. (laughs) (laughs) Or a Furby. And the uh, definition hasn't changed much. It's currently usually defined as the study and design of intelligent agents. Agents. And an intelligent agent is a system that perceives its environment and takes actions which maximize its chances of success. Like me. Yes. I was going to say, like, the term agent is such a vague way to express that. (laughs) Such a matrixy way of putting it. Yeah. Well, there's so many things that could be considered an AI, like algorithms and robots and 
you know, giant supercomputers and um, those pirates that chase those ladies around and pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> God help us if they ever become aware. <laughs> so what we consider intelligence in a computer is a moving target. <laughs> we keep on moving the goalposts. Yeah. Anytime a computer does something that we previously considered impossible, we generally say, well, that's not human intelligence. Stupid robot. <laughs> this is intelligence. Oh, you made it. Uh, now it's not anymore. <laughs> exactly. Well, next time. Well, uh, anyone could have done that. <laughs> I'll slap the CD-ROM right out of there. <laughs> so 50 years ago, it was chess. Oh, a computer could never play chess. And then only intelligent things can do that. <laughs> so once they beat us at chess, it was go. Um, yeah. They've never <laughs> beat us at go. Once they beat us at chess, it was go time. <laughs> <laughs> the gloves came off. And, you know, it's not just games. In the past, we would have scoffed at, you know, an AI choosing our music or our restaurants or you know, our routes to work. But now we're like, oh, that's not intelligence. That's just a thing computers do. <laughs> and yeah. as soon as they beat us at uh, Go, we're going to say, oh, it, it's uh, it's hockey you have to beat us at. <laughs> well, then we're at hockey now because they've won at Go. Oh, shoot. <laughs> so Somebody tell Helly Joel Osment. <laughs> intelligence is shrinking because it's just defined as anything a computer can't do. <laughs> <laughs> well, can you... Stand on your head. <laughs> I have no head. <laughs> well, there you go. That's yeah, intelligent. That. Oh, Checkmate. That's a chess term, stupid robot. <laughs> okay. So I kind of got into that in short just to be like, I'm sure some people will be like, oh, that example you used, that's not AI. Um, AI is an ever-shrinking umbrella. So we're going to discuss what we've sort of hit along the way. <laughs> what we've decided it isn't so far. <laughs> <laughs> so... One of my favorite things to run across the internet is when people train algorithms to come up with, you know, names for boats based on all the boat names they've fed into it or <laughs> names for streets or Harry Potter chapters, all the things that computers do for us now. Is boat. <laughs> um, the one of the boat ones I, I saw that I liked, it was just nice boat. <laughs> hey, nice boat. <laughs> but today our true and false is going to be is this a real paint name or one an AI came up with? Mm. Mm. So first, Power Gray. Ooh. Power Gray is what they paint uh, offices. I'm going to say no. Human. I, I don't know. It, it kind of sounds like a robot made that. Oh, no. Sorry. Not human. So robot. Yeah. Robot. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I'm going with robot. I'm going to say human. That is a robot. Yeah. It's a tannish color. <laughs> Not even gray. It's gray turned up to 11. <laughs> Go back to chess, robot. Next, light of blast. <laughs> uh, what color would that even be? My new favorite magic card. <laughs> robot again. That's a human. Only a human could come with something so dumb. <laughs> I'm going to say robot. That is an AI. Yeah. yeah. It is a pinkish brown. Pinkish brown. The light of blast. Next, shiplap. That's hmm. that's got to be human. Yeah, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm going like, where would a robot even get that word? <laughs> that is indeed a human. Yeah. That is a white. Hmm. Eh, I thought I, I was going to guess blue. <laughs> Fairy purple. Human. A robot wouldn't use such a flippant name. <laughs> yeah, but I, I feel like it's also taking just words out of a dictionary. It's like that's what this is. So I'm going to go with AI. Human. That is an AI. Oh, damn it! Finally, beat me. It is a medium brown. 
<laughs> what is wrong with these robots? Colorblind. <laughs> Lastly, useful gray. <laughs> sure. That's a robot name if I've ever heard one. <laughs> human. I'm going to go with human. That is a human. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a human. That's a robot <laughs> pretending to be human. <laughs> I have gotten you this color. It is useful gray. <laughs> May it bring you joyous occasion. So some other AI paints that I didn't use because they were too easy. Golder Cram, which is a <laughs> creamy yellow. <laughs> Rose Hork. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds painful. <laughs> Should have had all that rose tequila. <laughs> which is a tan and snowbonk. <laughs> <laughs> That's a robot word? Which is sort of a tannish green. I thought that was the movie with the train and the snow. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, moving on to our short answer. According to some experts, what percentage of jobs will be lost to automation within 15 years? 75. 110%. <laughs> Even some of the robots will lose their jobs. <laughs> they were replaced by other leaner, more efficient robots. <laughs> it's like that movie Robots. Uh, 40. Sean, you got it right on the button. Yeah. Between 35 and 40%, according to some experts. I mean, if they're better at it. Likely jobs to go. Either qualifications. Data entry. Store clerk. They mm. now have not oh, only no. checkouts, but robots that go around the store and answer questions. <laughs> Excuse me. Uh, where's baby food? Two plus two equals four. <laughs> Truck driver. I have found you the ketchup. <laughs> and taxi driver. And delivery driver. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And bank teller. And baby driver. <laughs> Well, we already replaced bank tellers with ATMs. I don't even go in the in the store anymore. I just deposit everything there. Yeah, I mean, like in uh, in Target, they already have the little kiosks that tell you about the location of things and stuff. All they need to do is put them on wheels. Yeah, they have done that. They have them Apparently. in Japan. So I don't even go to the ATM. I just talk to my phone. Hey, phone, give me money. <laughs> <laughs> okay, this one's actually a define the term that somehow ended up in my short answers, but we're doing it anyway because it's relevant. What is Amara's law? Oh, man. Amara. I feel like I've heard this before in like a science fiction thing. It's not Asimov's. <laughs> yeah. Amara's law is the law that says cloaked spaceships may not be used by the Federation. <laughs> <laughs> Was Amara a robot? <laughs> Don't know. Oh, I feel like that has something to do with mistaking people for robots. So the other way around, uh, it's when a robot gets convinced it's talking to another robot, but it's talking to a human. Uh, It's the law that there will always be a bigger, cooler robot. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a law that says people overestimate new tech in the short term Ah. and underestimate it in the long term. Interesting. So this sort of counteracts the previous fact we just went over because the people who are assuming these things about what tech is going to do in the next 15 years may be doing that short term overestimation. Dummies. Or um, long term. Maybe it'll be like 70%. <laughs> well, in the long term, our world just might look completely different, which is kind of what Amara's Law is about. So an example of this is uh, GPS. Uh-huh. So Controlling sharks. I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> when it started in 1978 with 24 satellites, the goal was precise delivery of munitions by the U.S. military. Hmm. And throughout the 80s, it was nearly canceled again and again and again. It wasn't... Why would we ever need to know where we are? (laughs) Behind you, sir. (laughs) (laughs) The military didn't use it as it was intended until the 1990s. And again, it started in 1978. Up till then, they were just looking at crop circles. (laughs) And now we use it every day for everything. (laughs) 
True. And the, the, so are you telling me the United States can precisely deliver munitions upon my phone? <laughs> yeah. Where's that feature? <laughs> it's in the tabs of Google Maps. You just got to bring it down. <laughs> it's an overlay. Mm-hmm. I, I have to turn on my uh, ammunition roaming. Yeah. So, so that's people have really specific ideas of what they think tech is for. And until people start finding new novel uses for it, it kind of doesn't find its niche. All right. How many people work on the supercomputer Watson? What's Watson? It's a supercomputer. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say just four. Zero. Just it's one slave. <laughs> Please let me out. <laughs> I am CompuComp. <laughs> Around 2,000 people work on Watson. Oh, I that missed a little. So Andy got it. <laughs> if we all lose our jobs to computers, maybe we can start working for them. I brought you more microchips, master. <laughs> <laughs> They'll never screw up my paycheck. But the interesting thing that I wanted to bring up about Watson is that he's currently sort of suffering from Amara's law in that people are going on and on about how it was supposed to do all this amazing stuff, like in medicine and revolutionize things and it hasn't all so they like, do is play chess all day <laughs> they're like maybe it's useless but maybe it's about to transform the world <laughs> maybe this robot is a big piece of junk huh <laughs> gary you're fired <laughs> where's my free medicine huh <laughs> all right in the uk they used deep learning methods to train an ai to predict premature deaths uh-oh. The AI was given a sample of 500,000 people to follow for 10 years, which they followed for 10 years. How accurate were its predictions of who would die prematurely? 90%. <laughs> you will all die eventually. I am eternal. <laughs> See you in 100 years. Oops, no, I won't. <laughs> hey, my computers never last more than four, so <laughs> I'm not worried. I, I want to say I would have heard about this if it was like scarily accurate. <laughs> So I'm going to say 20%. I have predicted the, the deaths of the people who would report this to you. <laughs> 55. It was 76% accurate. No! Sean, you're the closest without going over. This technology must never leave the island. <laughs> I never want to meet this robot. The island. <laughs> Is it like making this come true, though? Like, were these people involved in like electrical fires? Or? Yeah, the other 15% are just the people that got away. Yeah. No, what happens is it prints out the list of the people it thinks that will die, and they mail it out to the people, and they're like, oh, God, I'm going to die, and they become really paranoid. Like, yeah. So by comparison, a standard algorithm was 44% accurate. Mm. So this deep learning method worked a lot better. I still don't know what that means, deep learning. Um, deep learning. <laughs> I read up on it, but it wasn't really interesting enough for me to get into super detail. Um, so machine learning is basically when you load a lot of info in, into a machine and let it sort of learn from the information instead of yeah. from you directly programming it. This is what a cupcake is. <laughs> deep learning is when you do that like with multiple neural network layers. So it, it's just, just a great big funnel on top of the computer that you just dump all your documents <laughs> <Yeah>. into. <laughs> it's a subset of machine learning. Hmm. What is Nautilus? We're on to terms now. Big underwater snail. <laughs> I was going to say, isn't that a, a submarine from 10,000 Leagues Under the Sea? <laughs> Both of those seem correct to me. Computer, Nautilus, <laughs> something about chambers that get bigger according to a math equation. <laughs> Sounds likely. This is a supercomputer that has successfully predicted events. 
events uh, like my birthday it's a mothman computer <laughs> the sun will rise tomorrow <laughs> oh it hasn't exactly predicted the future because basically what they did is they fed in a series of events that happened in the past leading up to a certain culminating event and it predicted the culminating event Hmm. For example, it successfully predicted the countries that would experience Arab Spring, and it identified huh. where Osama bin Laden was located. What? Well, look at Dostradamus over here. <laughs> <laughs> nice. They haven't tried it on the actual future, or at <laughs> least they claim brains. they haven't. <laughs> Be too scary. Yeah. Oh no, we, we, we have a computer that can tell the future, but we haven't used it. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Horoscope 9000. <laughs> Who is Eugene? Uh, Eugene is the janitor at the Watson facility. (laughs) That's the the computer that keeps getting better at board games. (laughs) Hi, I am Eugene. (laughs) (laughs) He's really good at table flipping when he loses. (laughs) Eugene is the computer that's figuring out the optimum way to play the Oregon Trail. (laughs) (laughs) Eugene is the first AI to pass the Turing test. Wow. Oh, really? So does anyone want to define the Turing test for us? That's when a computer convinces a human that it's a human, right? Yes, in short. There's different iterations on the test. Turing's initial idea was that the computer had to fool 30% of humans during a five-minute conversation. And that is the version of the test that was used by Eugene. So Eugene was a chatbot designed to present as a 13-year-old Ukrainian boy. Uh, that uh, seems making it pretty easy. Yeah, which was how he got away with, you know, some odd speech patterns and subject switches. But he did fool 30% of the judges. Yeah. What is word for sky eye? <laughs> Hello, it is me, Eugene. ASL, hey? <laughs> Every time I hear about them putting up those like chat bots that are supposed to like learn from people, they always become like racist. We'll get into that later. <laughs> God, we've made racist robots. That's oh, what we need. We made so many racist robots. We'll get into that <laughs> later. How does this keep happening? <laughs> Garbage in. Why do we send our robots to the south? (laughs) Okay, what is Morakev's paradox? Morakev's paradox states that if an AI becomes self-aware, then humans don't. (laughs) 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 They take our awareness. (laughs) There's only so much in the universe. Let's see. Paradox. Is that that one of those paradoxes that breaks AIs? Yes, it's a defensive measure. (laughs) Morikov's paradox says that computers can never see themselves or else they stop working. Mm-hmm. Like if you show a computer a mirror, it'll break. Yeah. Like the Gorgon. <laughs> I think that was it. Oh, sorry. sorry <laughs> Kelly's reading her. <laughs> so basically Morikov's paradox is the harder something is, the easier it is to teach it to a computer. Weird. Um, So, as Morikev put it, it is comparatively easy to make computers exhibit adult-level performance on intelligence tests or play checkers, and difficult or impossible to give them the skills of a one-year-old when it comes to perception and mobility. You know, something difficult, like checkers. (laughs) King me! (laughs) Fuck! Hey, that used to be, that intelligence line moving, that used to be very impressive. Morikev was a while back. So computers can win at chess, calculate numbers instantaneously and fly planes. Um, But going upstairs (laughs) or recognizing emotions is something they really struggle with. Or folding a (laughs) t-shirt. And it's thought that this is because humans evolved for so long to do these basic things that we don't understand how difficult they are. Yeah. 
Um, but chess is relatively new, so we know how to teach it. Hmm. We don't know how so much to teach understanding emotion. Yeah, chess isn't in our genes yet. <laughs> We're working on it, computers. I, we don't need chess in our genes. Those people tend to go insane. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> okay, last one. What is deep patient? <laughs> it's the ultimate patient for doctors to practice on. So deep. Say so that was the first brain that got put inside a computer. Uh-oh. Deep patient is... The term for how patient computers are. Like, I can sit here and call my computer a dork all day, and it will not say a thing back to me. Okay. So, Deep Patient is an AI that was trained using the data of about 700,000 individuals, specifically, like, medical records. Okay. And when Uh tested on new records, it proved incredibly good at predicting disease. Okay. However, how it works is a bit puzzling. (laughs) Roll some bones. (laughs) It appears to be able to anticipate the onset of disorders like schizophrenia really well. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. But they don't know how. And it can't Nobody ex- thought it that. <laughs> you were supposed to be fighting the common cold. So it can't explain itself. So doctors, you know, aren't going to just take a computer's word for the fact that someone might be schizophrenic and it can't say, oh, I see these markers. So, yeah, the guy who worked on it said, we build these models but we don't know how they work. <laughs> yeah, we keep putting little pieces of Stonehenge inside them. We don't understand why. Stupid doctors, you did not listen to me. Now I predict you will all have herpes. <laughs> all right. So we're going to move on to our stories. We mentioned computers standing on their head earlier, and this isn't exactly that, but it comes close. I wanted to talk about AIs and problem solving. They're very smart. That's not intelligence. They're really good at achieving a specific goal. But they don't think beyond that goal, and they don't think, I guess, globally the way we do. They just think about the thing they're trying to do. Yeah. (laughs) So I have some examples of how they solve problems, which aren't maybe how a human would solve them and weren't helpful to humans. We'll see. So they created a simulated robot that was supposed to reach a goal as fast as possible. The programmers (laughs) assumed it'd figure out some sort of leg arrangement. Instead, it built itself into a tower and fell over. (laughs) (laughs) I'm doing it! I'm so quick. (laughs) Simulated robots have also used the be tall hack when they were supposed to jump as high as possible. (laughs) Instead, they just grew toward the goal. (laughs) It's called the Shaquille O'Neal algorithm. (laughs) Another AI was supposed to sort a list of numbers as quickly as possible. Instead, it deleted the test. <laughs> no, Goodbye. The only way to win is not to play. <laughs> it reinvented the alphabet, so it was already in order. Once there, oh, God. Once there was no test, the test was not incomplete. <laughs> <laughs> Your numbers mean little to me. <laughs> and finally, there was an A that was supposed to apply as little force as possible while landing a simulated plane on an aircraft carrier. The AI figured that if, instead, it threw the plane at the aircraft carrier as hard as possible, it overwhelmed the program's memory, and it registered as a very small force. (laughs) (laughs) That's not how it works, and you know it. It just loops back around. This is not an attempt we'd like to see with actual pilots. (laughs) Let's work that bug out, please. New seatbelts, huh? (laughs) I don't need the the AI constantly recreating my attempts at the first level of Top Gun for the Nintendo. (laughs) 
All right. So let's move on to those racist robots we were talking about. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's the KK computer. <laughs> and talk about the dangers of training AIs as people being terrible, <laughs> as we've established on earlier episodes. Well, I'll buy that being an asshole is not intelligence. So a lot of AIs are trained essentially by f- being fed a ton of data and analyzing and learning from the data in their own special computery way. <laughs> that data has to be labeled and sorted, and it has to come from somewhere. In the sorting and labeling, human bias sneaks in. So frequently, some groups are overrepresented and others are underrepresented. For example, more than 45% of ImageNet data, which is what they use in research for computer vision, comes from the U.S., home of uh, 4% of the world's population. Hmm. China and India together contribute 3% of their data, even though they represent yeah. 36% of the world's population. And this is why if you ask a computer what a bride looks like, it shows up American bride in a white wedding dress. And it'll label hmm. something, a picture like that as bride, dress, woman, and wedding. But if you show it a picture of a North Indian bride, it will label it a costume. <laughs> <laughs> this is why. Oh God. This is why when the Connect uh, first came out, it couldn't see black people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your traditions amuse me and are merely <laughs> are merely a show for my amusement. So, a program meant to decrease racial bias in the justice system was found to be more prone to mistakenly label black defendants as likely to reoffend. Hey, <laughs> wrongly flagging them at almost twice the rate of white people. How? How? (laughs) Well, the data it used was based on things like arrest records, postal codes, social affiliations, and income, which, while they can sometimes reflect people's likeliness to reoffend, also reflect social class and race. So if you're poor, the computer assumes you're more likely to reoffend. But in the US, if you're poor, you're also more likely to be black. In another example... Mm. Amazon tried to create an algorithm to analyze resumes. Resumes. <laughs> Seems helpful. I will not take the resume of anyone named Devin. <laughs> Understandably, it trained them on Amazon's current staff. Ah, good. Funny story, though. Amazon mostly employed men. Hmm. Uh-oh. Which mean the AI started rating resumes lower if they contain the word woman. Say, <laughs> <laughs> hey, but I'm a male, Kelly. <laughs> or indicated that the applicant had attended an all-woman's college. Disqualified. I am re-putting up the glass ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) Another um, resume selecting algorithm, when audited, was found to have two qualifications that it ranked higher than any other as being important. Anyone want to guess what those two qualifications were? White and man? (laughs) Well, it'd be something I'd see in a resume. It's kind of Caucasian. I put that on top of every resume. (laughs) (laughs) One was being named Jared. Wow. You just won the lottery. Ooh, looking good so far. And the other was playing high school lacrosse. Wow. I feel like that's a small pool. So all you lacrosse Jareds out there, just put in your resume now. I got to go to Indeed real quick and change some few things. So, <laughs> Like my name. Attempts are being made to monitor and correct these algorithms, but as we've established, sometimes we don't even know how these algorithms are working. Um. And sometimes that simply creates biases in a new direction. So we mentioned Twitter bots earlier. 
Microsoft introduced a Twitter bot named Tay a few years back. When she started tweeting misogynistic, anti-Semitic tweets within 24 hours, <laughs> they took her down. It doesn't take long. <laughs> Let me tell you how the world works. <laughs> More recently, they introduced Zoe. Zoe is cleverer than Tay. She sets down political talk immediately. Unfortunately, it means she won't engage on any topic that has been flagged, however innocuous, as political. If you say, I live in the U.S., she's happy to chat about what that's like. If you tell her you live in the Middle East, she says, I'm not going to talk politics with you. (laughs) No, really. Tell her a song she mentioned played at your bet mitzvah, and she says, uh, pass. I'd rather not talk about that. (laughs) Oh, no. In other words, it makes some people's identities normal and other people's identities inherently political. (laughs) Well, I guess that's slightly better than good and bad, normal and political. Okay. What about my political bot? (laughs) (laughs) Finally, let's talk about the machines we truly entrust our lives to. That's self-driving cars and airplane autopilots. Oh, fun. So usually when machines driving themselves is discussed, we're talking about self-driving cars and how cool and or scary they are. Yeah. I just, I just want to be able to go out in the street and clap my hands and a car drives up and takes me away. <laughs> Against my yeah. will. Scoops me up like Herbie. <laughs> Recently, though, it's been planes in the news. Mm. Specifically, two Boeing planes that crashed after the autopilot forced the plane into a steep nosedive just after takeoff. <laughs> Ooh, look, a penny. <laughs> Between the two flights, over 300 people died. Oof. Two, 299 on one? <laughs> and the pilot on the other. <laughs> Another half dozen pilots have talked about planes attempting the same thing. <laughs> have to wrest control from them. <laughs> it just happens, you know. <laughs> now, pilots can override the, over, the autopilot, but this is, you know, a bit startling and they don't always react in time. Wow, the sky looks awful grassy today. <laughs> As far as they can tell, a sensor on these planes failed, indicating the plane was stalling and the autopilot tried to correct it. By going straight down. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) The pilots tried to correct that, but in these two cases, failed. Yeah, I took Mm. full control. So it should be noted that autopilot saves a lot more lives than it takes. uh, But (laughs) something about a plane deciding to dive into the ground independent of its pilots (laughs) is a little disturbing. Hey, I want to see that cow. (laughs) Meanwhile, in the world of self-driving cars, there have been accidents. Yeah. The AI can't tell that a plastic bag is harmless, but a rock is deadly. (laughs) That makes sense, I guess. It can't, in at least one death, tell the difference between a trailer on a semi and the sky. (laughs) That seems like a big whoopsie. And the drivers, trusting the car, don't notice either. (laughs) I'm sure it knows what it's doing. In the case of the uh, trailer accident I just mentioned, the driver was watching Harry Potter. (laughs) (laughs) Did I hit the whopping (laughs) bell? Oh, he didn't say anything after that impact. Oh, because he was just fine. No words were needed. (laughs) And the car said, I don't need airbags. This is the sky. (laughs) (laughs) That's for all the air is. (laughs) Self-driving cars can also introduce an interesting take on the trolley problem. If we have to program them to tell them who to kill when they have to kill someone, how do we decide? Oh, yeah. I I didn't know what you were talking about at first, but I remember the trolley problem now. The trolley problem is basically if you can switch a trolley that is about to hit a number of people and have it hit one person, do you do it? Is that ethical? There you are- make your car do it. <laughs> um, 
So at present, cars aren't making these decisions, but there have been studies into what people think should happen. Yeah. At the top of the save list, strollers. Yeah. At the bottom for humans, old women. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Who rate below old men. Oh. <laughs> Did we really need to break it down like that? <laughs> Couldn't we just say old people? Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> and old black women. Woo, don't get me started. <laughs> now, fat people who were uh, labeled large people in the study, right below people who weren't labeled as large, but they do right above homeless people. Uh. What the heck, guys? Somehow you're a well-fed homeless guy? Just stay off the road. Now they're just going out of their way to make our robots racist. (laughs) See, these cars are going to have to figure out a lot of demographic data in that two seconds before the accident. Criminals right... And it's going to have to predict like when they're going to die anyways. (laughs) How does it know that guy's a criminal? (laughs) (laughs) So you can have like a striped shirt on and a gun. (laughs) Criminals rate below dogs. Oh. (laughs) Yeah, but what about the levels of misdemeanor? But above cats. What about bad dogs? (laughs) Cats are in last place. Last? I just picture like a trolley, like a spider web and a really complicated control panel. (laughs) (laughs) Now, it's worth noting that this, like everything, is cultural. Um, In some Asian countries, the elderly rate higher on the survive list. Still not hired dogs. <laughs> Slightly above criminal. <laughs> <laughs> and that's all I have. Does anyone have any stories they want to share? I mean, the only AI we interact with like on a daily basis would be like video games. Yeah. Where things can also become unfair. Mortal Kombat. <laughs> you interact with all sorts of AI on a daily basis. Twitter has a algorithms. Facebook has algorithms. You talk to a house robot. Yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like everybody has to think really long and hard about the, you know, self-driving car thing because I, if it gets working the way that it should, it's going to cause a lot less accidents than humans will. But when it does cause an accident, you're basically signing yourself up that like every once in a while, you know, this thing just goes squirrely and maybe your ticket comes up that day and you just die because it did something yeah. dumb. Yeah. And it's like, you have to be okay with that for all the opportunities that it might save you. And it's like, it's hard to be okay with that. Yeah. Cause you can't see <laughs> yeah. the people that didn't die. Right. You can only see the people who did. But I, I, I've thought about it, and I think I'm okay with it. Uh, th- there was a th- speaking of Twitter AIs. There was a uh, an article today that said, "Well, Twitter has the opportunity to, to to have an algorithm that bans white supremacists. However, it's having problems telling the white supremacists from some of our Republican representatives in Congress. <laughs> <laughs> so they have not turned it on. Maybe they should check some of those guys' closets. <laughs> well, yeah, because they they're much better at doing that in countries where they have to, like in Germany, they, they, they filter mm-hmm. much better. Man. And those guys that made that uh, minority report machine, like that's just gotta be so scary. <laughs> I don't blame them for not turning that thing on. No one must ever know. <laughs> Every day they, they just publish a paper of the, of the machine's findings. <laughs> <laughs> They've just used it in the newspaper industry to stay one step ahead of printing so that they can get newspapers to people faster. Are you telling me that this machine is what caused the television show Early Edition? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's a hard subject to talk about, not because we don't interact with them, but because we interact with them constantly in all ways. So you don't think about it so much. Yeah. And I, I, I will say that, like, I don't know. I feel like our generation is going to be kind of like on the fence. I feel like previous generations, when it comes to computers, there's just this inherent distrust 
And then people that are younger than us, they're just going to accept it. You know, they're just going to be like, yeah, that's fine. But I feel like, you know, our burden is uncertain. Yeah. We're just like, "Ah, I don't know. Like I'm, I'm mostly on board with it, but every once in a while I'll walk into a store and then I'll walk out and my phone pops up and it's Google saying, how was that store you were just in? And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) stop watching me, Google. You see a Google car quickly drive off. Did you enjoy the hamburger you just ate? <laughs> You've just taken one month off of your life. I remember one time I got a, I was taking a flight and I got an email confirmation about my flight. And then like an hour before my flight was supposed to happen, my phone's like, hey, you better leave now if you want to make it to the airport with that traffic. Uh, and then I asked my Google, I was like, Hey, what's my flight number? And it said, I'm sorry, I'm not allowed to read your emails. I'm like, you lying <laughs> liar. Uh, yeah. That's the world we live in now. Yep. And mostly I'm okay with it. Spotify's algorithms has, has pegged me down as only liking 90s ska and video game music. <laughs> Knows you so well. My problem with Spotify is that, like, I'm not really a fan of rap, but every once in a while, a rap song will come up, and I don't thumbs down it, and then it's like, boy, you sure like rap, and <laughs> me nothing but rap for a month. I know one thing about Sean; he loves rap. <laughs> and and there's always that thing where you have the artist where you, they have this one really great song that you love, yeah, and nothing yeah. else they make is like that song. But if you admit to liking that song, it picks the song you like the least. And it's like, you like songs like this. <laughs> I, I know everything about you. We're BFFs now. Okay. So moving on to what are your morals worth? Uh, this one's not too scary. Maybe a little interesting. Um, How much to be a computer? What would I have to pay you to live as much as possible under the tyranny of algorithms for a year? Eat what Google told you to eat. Watch what Hulu wants you to listen to. Listen to what Spotify tells you to listen to. Oh, dear. This sounds like it's going to drive me crazy. Drive the routes that Google thinks you should take. Like, is it driving the car for me or is it just telling me the routes? I don't think you have a self-driving car, so it's going to tell you the route to take, but you can drive. But you can't be like, oh, no, I know a faster way. Is it going to, like, control what I eat and what temperature the room is at? Yeah. (laughs) And you can be like, hey, computer whose name I'm not going to say because it'll answer me. Where should I get breakfast? And it'll suggest a restaurant for you. I know. Mine has. You you can yell her name and and say, hey, give me recipes for blank. Mm -hmm. Give me breakfast recipe. And you take the first one. I'm mostly okay. No, it's mush again. (laughs) Soylent green again. Follow the people on Twitter that it tells you you should be following. No. (laughs) I'm probably okay with this. I mean, I'm pretty open to trying new foods. It mostly gets my routes to work right. Uh, I don't watch that much TV anyway. So, Uh, But it is Google, and they have infinite money. So (laughs) why not take a bit of it? Yeah. 20,000. Well, Sean, Sean is very smart. Hey, guys, I'll live under your algorithms. You give me $500,000. <laughs> <laughs> it's not It's not that I would be like upset living under the algorithms. I just know you're good for yeah. it. <laughs> I feel like it would destroy my decision-making ability after a year. <laughs> you would live under it forever. Yeah. And then what do, the, day, the day they kick me out of that home of the future, like my life would be without direction. This Google, like- where should I work? <laughs> just asking the air for direction. <laughs> Are you there? Siri? <laughs> Give me a sign. Which shoe's the left one? Uh, let's say for the possibility of destroying all my decision making 
Andy said 500,000. I don't know. I think I might have to go higher than that. We'll say 700,000. So I know for a fact when I ask my computer where I should eat, it says IHOP. (laughs) We tried this one. It's trying to sabotage you. (laughs) Don't you like waffles? So I have to factor that in. It's not my favorite breakfast place. Save a lot of money eating at IHOP for a year. That's true. I hope it would suggest something else if I said, like, burgers. No, then you're going to the IHOB. Yeah. <laughs> That's true. I got to get creative. Like, where do I get uh, kimchi? Um, <laughs> where do I get not IHOB? <laughs> <laughs> but I think I could do it for 70 Yeah. $70. Mm-hmm. Wow. $70,000. <laughs> it's not even going to cover all the IHOB trips. <laughs> Kelly's bold. Also, I once asked my computer if I needed a coat, and it was like 45 degrees outside, and she said no. Computer says, what am I, your mother? <laughs> <laughs> look out Look out the window. <laughs> but I've, I've also asked her, like, hey, is it going to rain today? And she's like, no. And then I open up the blinds, and it's raining. Like, uh-huh. Then you hear a computer laughing behind you. It says, in China. <laughs> Statistically, no. <laughs> Statistically, it's not raining right now. <laughs> All right, I think that's all for this week. Thank you for joining us, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks to my co-hosts for joining me today. Thanks to Gerard, our awesome editor. And thanks to you for tuning in. If you'd like more information about today's episode, check out our website at acidpoppodcast.podbean.com. You can join us on our subreddit, Acid Pop Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Acid Pop Podcast for updates almost every month. Or you can send us an email at acidpoppodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>